0: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash prime for details.
2: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, podcastone.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to Lewis Jewelers. Since 1921, Lewis Jewelers have taken pride in serving the greater Ann Arbor and Detroit regions with the highest level of integrity and customer service. Lewis Jewelers is family-owned, third-generation, full-service jewelry store with a truly personal touch. They offer on-site repairs, engravings, watch repairs, and access to many of the worldwide top designer brands from Hearts on Fire Diamonds, Robert Coyne, John Hardy Jewelry, to Omega, Breitling, Tag Heuer watches, just to name a few. And if you're looking for a truly stress-free shopping experience, their team of non-commissioned trusted expert advisors will guide you through the perfect engagement ring, anniversary gift, or sparkly accessory. They also specialize in custom jewelry for anyone who wants to add something unique to their personal style. Located on West Stadium Boulevard in Ann Arbor, just one mile west of the big house, Lewis Jewelers is the only jewelry store that is the proud partner of Michigan Athletics. So stop by today to let Lewis Jewelers help celebrate your moments. Lewis Jewelers your diamond store, and so much more for almost a 100 years.
3: Broadcasting from the Mercedes-Benz I just don't think you can win a championship that way. This is
0: Dan Patrick. Hour 2 on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danette, Dan Patrick show. Say good morning to our radio affiliates, always loyal. They'll never leave us. 362 affiliates around the world. Our TV partners, TV, the Audience Network, the great folks at Channel 239, and also BR Live. You can watch it there. As well. Had a poll question. Feels like we'll be changing that poll question. McLovin will give that to you coming up in a little bit here. Troy Palomato, the uh, former Steelers All-Pro Safety, now a Hall of Famer, will join us. And uh, Hall of Famer Bob Costas will join us coming up a little bit later on as well. Baseball's looking at multiple playoff changes right now. I'm okay with exploring this if I'm Major League Baseball. Because the usual rule in sports is that leagues always try to expand. They rarely contract. So yesterday's report, Major League Baseball was considering expanding, was hardly surprising. According to the New York Post and other outlets, baseball wants to add two more playoff teams in both leagues, wildcard teams. Then they let the top seeds pick the opponent they want to play in the divisional round on a live show. So this is baseball's reality show. I understand they want to add playoff teams. Baseball needs to add intrigue. And there's something to say for the playoffs being sacred. Like it it the reason why a lot of these regular seasons don't matter anymore is because we've added more playoff teams. Therefore, what is the real incentive here? Now baseball has an incentive because if you have the best record in the American League and the National League, you get a first round buy. You get to choose who you want to play as well. So they want to create more content for the networks. You want more people watching regular season baseball. And Major League Baseball might have flaws, but their ability to make money is spot on. Remember when Bob Costas, he didn't like adding the wild card team. That was back in the 90s. That was a long time ago. And I don't know if Bob has changed his tune, but we'll find out a little bit later on. Ultimately, if it helps the bottom line, you'd expect the league to find a way to make it work sooner rather than later. If you want to do something where you have reality TV, keep this in mind. Baseball fans my age are going to be baseball fans. You're trying to attract a younger demographic. I got to get somebody who's got a short attention span. Why would you want to watch this? Even, why would you want to watch the highlights the next morning? That's part of the problem here. If you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, you're already watching baseball. But if you're in your 20s or 30s, 40s, that's the audience you got to get because your demo is getting older. And you're eventually going to have a smaller demo there. There are certain markets that do extremely well. I still go back to what I proposed. It feels like it's a decade ago. That teams need to have a special area where you can go and it doesn't cost you anything. It's pennies to get you in there. Bring your child, you know, report cards. You get straight A's. Whatever it is, get you into a game. Because you're going to make your money in the concessions in parking. Just get them in the game. Let them experience it. Let them, let them smell the environment there. Let them see. Let them hear. And then maybe get somebody who's interested in that. But if you're going to have games where you look and there's so many seats available, it just feels like, I want. how do I get you to a ballpark to experience this? You know, the NBA, they skew younger but they've gone out of their way to skew younger. Now I'll still watch because I'm I'm an NBA fan. But you're looking for that next wave. How big is that wave, and can you hit it? In baseball, at least they're exploring this. I I have no problem if you want to do something live like this when and, and you're going to ask you know a manager, uh, hey, you know, why Brett Boone, why did you pick uh, such and such? You want to play. Now all of a sudden you got, oh, this team, they wanted us. Now you give them a little bit more swag. Or there's that team that says, oh, nobody wants to play us. you know Then, all right, that's interesting there. But if you televise that, and I'm okay with that. I'm not thrilled on adding another wild card team in each league. But if the incentive is you have the best record, then you get a first round buy. Okay, I'm okay with that. I need to incentivize. Imagine if you had that with the NBA. Now the Clippers will push the Lakers a little bit because the Lakers would have a first-round bye, and then, then they're going to play whoever they play after that. But you give them a first-round bye, and then the Milwaukee Bucks would have a first-round bye. So you don't have them wasting time and energy with a first-round matchup that maybe somebody can get picked off by a team that's you know fought their heart out to get in there to the eighth seed. And then they might be playing better basketball than you. All right, you want to incentivize? I'm fine with that. But Major League Baseball needs to look at at changes, and this is one of those. And I'm okay with that. Now, there the reaction was interesting because you had people. Trevor Bauer, remember him? He's a Major League pitcher. Basically, called the commissioner an idiot. Uh, I might have the exact uh, tweet here by Trevor Bauer. Is he still with the Reds? Barely. Okay. Uh, Trevor Bauer, no idea who made this playoff format proposal, but Rob is responsible for releasing it, so I'll, I'll direct this to you, Rob Manfred. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball. You're a joke. Isn't this Trevor Bauer got hurt? He hurt himself with uh, a, drone, a drone, right? drone, yeah. Okay. I'm okay. I mean, does this hurt the integrity of the game? I mean, I'm, uh, Trevor Bauer is the opposite end here, you know, with harsh criticism. I, I, I give the I give the commissioner credit that he's thinking, he's trying, because you have to. You can't just sit here with your head in your sand and go, "Hey, this game—it's America's pastime." No, it's past its time, and now you just float it out there and then see. All you do at this time of the year. Plus, here's another thing I thought: the cynical person, cynical side of me. Hey, how can I get them to stop talking about the Astros? <laughs> hey, how about a, how about more playoff teams? Who's with me? Let's <laughs> put Pete Rose on the ballot. Yeah. <laughs> I saw where President Trump said, you know, Pete Rose needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think that's going to sway the commissioner or uh, the Baseball Writers of Association, uh, Baseball Writers of America, or uh, the Hall of Fame. But, you know, maybe you throw it out there right before spring training so we're not talking about bang the drum slowly with the uh, Houston Astros. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with thinking like that. Try it. See what's there. I, I don't like more playoff teams. You know, college basketball is not interesting. It's just not. Because what's at stake? Like, okay, Baylor could be the number one team in the country. Duke could be number seven. Okay, does it matter? What's Villanova's ranked or Seton Hall's ranked? You're not developing stars. Because college basketball is, oh, yeah, they got that coach. Oh, yeah, they're coached by. And if you do find somebody, it's a one-and-donner. And and then by the time you get to know them, then they're done. College basketball is boring. Regular season is boring.
1: Yeah, Seaton. This it, it might be just because I'm a fan, but Miles Powell is a great example of why you stay for four years, because he, he could have left last year for the draft uh, and played in the NBA. I don't know how high he would have gone or where he would have gone, but instead, instead he came back, he get, he's getting his degree, and he's clearly made a name for himself this year where I, I don't know what scouts are saying about him, but his draft stock
0: has got to be dramatically improved. And this is year to last year, Seton Hall star, right? Yeah, because Paulie goes. Uh, who's he played for? <laughs> I you know couldn't remember. It? Yeah, he's a really good player. If you follow college basketball, Miles, pa- he's 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 been one of the top, probably five players in college basketball. I got confused. There's a lot of Miles. Yeah, we all have Miles, but he uh, he's been a, a really good player. It's just you don't have any drama. There's no real intrigue there. The only intrigue we had with college basketball was the FBI investigation, and nothing came out of that. Still got guys coaching It's still got players being paid by shoe companies. So I don't know what that mattered. Yeah, Paul.
2: And, and Rick Patino, he's kind of winning his latest lawsuit. They had to like, they have to put it down that he wasn't fired anymore. It's, it technically wasn't fired. He's going to get a lot of his money back in the settlement.
0: Yeah, but he's not coaching. Right. Well, I'm it nothing though, to do with the actual product. Right. I mean, this is a guy who is garnering headlines and he doesn't coach in college basketball anymore. You got North Carolina melting down this year. Syracuse, they're not making the tournament. I don't know. And maybe this is an aberration there. But you see these leagues, and it happens all the time. We keep adding playoffs and, you know, more spots there, and the regular season gets watered down. That's why I'm worried about the NFL. Hey, let's have a 17 game. We'll add that. Okay, now you have to add another playoff spot or two because now those games have to mean something. 16-game schedule, 17-game schedule. I just don't want to have a couple of dead games on my schedule. And these TV networks aren't going to be paying for that, too, where you go, uh, what are we flexing into? Uh, Tennessee and Houston. Okay. That's the big problem I have with this. But baseball should be thinking like this. They need to think like this. NFL is by far and away the most popular sport. Not even close. The NBA has an incredible social media following. They have catered to younger players. They have those highlights that are available for you. You can consume a game, or at least the highlights. But as far as sitting down and watching a game, like if you rank the sports that you would watch an entire game, NFL number one by far, NBA second, is hockey third or is baseball third? I'm talking about watching an entire game now, because baseball, not very high on that list. Yeah, Paul. For me personally, college
2: football, pro football, and soccer is third because soccer games are two hours. There's no commercials. There's a quick halftime. It's it's very fast. I don't watch a, I don't watch a hundred soccer games a month, but I'll watch five in their entirety. Right. Premier League. So you do NFL,
0: college football, NBA, and then what? Yeah, McLogan.
3: Yeah, I mean, a baseball game is so long it feels so, it's silly even to put them in this conversation because you always flip when you're in baseball, right? Yeah.
0: And maybe that's what I thought of when I was watching the Irishman. This feels like a baseball game. <laughs> I guess this, this is going to take a little while here. Yeah, Fritzie.
4: But isn't it too gimmicky and desperate? Unless we think baseball is on the verge of extinction, if it's that dramatic a situation in the coming years where that sport can go away, if we really believe that, you know, the thoughts of putting a runner on second base to speed up the game and extra innings, just, just, just that kind of stuff, just you know, picking what team you're going to play, I don't know. It just seems, you know, I don't want to sound like the old man, but I, I don't like
0: it. Yeah, but you're not in the demo. They're they're trying to you know create some interest in. I, I, look, I grew up on the game, love the game, but they need to freshen it up a little bit. It needs a new coat of paint. And uh, you have stars, but we don't really know those stars. And how we market those players, uh, how many teams make them. Mike Trout doesn't make the play? I mean, eventually we'll add enough teams that Mike Trout gets to make the playoffs. That's what our goal is.
2: What if they announced it
0: like that? <laughs> it's, it's the Mike <laughs> Trout rule. Mike, how many teams need to make the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. 12 in each league? Yes. Uh, Just got this in uh, Ian Rappaport. Cowboys are going to try to buck history attempting to get a deal done with Dak Prescott by the close of the franchise tag window on March 10th. A lot will have to happen for a deal to come together. That's uh, Ian Rappaport. All right. I mean, it feels like the smart business move for me is, if I'm the Cowboys, is Find a happy medium with Dak Prescott. You're going to overpay a little bit because he played his hand. He played his cards. And this should have been wrapped up before this season started. Cowboys made a mistake. And if they would have wrapped him up, then this would not be an issue. And then you might look back and say, we actually got a bargain here. All right. You know the price is going up. Uh, you know that, you know, whatever Patrick Mahomes gets is, is shouldn't be involved in the negotiations with Dak Prescott because they're two very different quarterbacks. Uh, But if I'm Dallas and I want to look at short-term, long-term, I know everybody's making a big deal about Tom Brady going to the Cowboys. I don't see it happening. I thought it was catered for, you know, hot takes. Dak Prescott right now, Dak Prescott the next five years. That makes the most sense. Now, I know Jerry Jones wants to win a, a Super Bowl desperately for the team he built. But he's also going to be leaving this team to his son. You want to make sure that you're leaving that in good hands. I don't, you know, Jerry can live for 20 more years. But you want to make sure you're making a smart business decision. Not just short term, but also long long term as well. Dak Prescott is a good to very good quarterback. Tom Brady right now is a good to very good quarterback. Depending on the week. Would they have won the Super Bowl in Dallas? Would they have gotten to the playoffs in Dallas? I don't know. Dak Prescott played pretty well this year. But I would I would re-sign Dak Prescott. I would get that long-term deal done and then move on with this. Yeah, McLeod.
3: Is there any chance you want to wait a year and see how he does with Mike, Mike McCarthy? If there's like a good marriage there, franchise tag him. And then, then and you're going to have to pay eventually anyway, but do like a Kirk Cousins Big-time QB franchise. Yeah, I,
0: I mean, I said that from the beginning that, it, you know, when the season ended, if, if you still haven't come up, come up with this contract, then just franchise him one more year and then wait to see. I kept thinking the Cowboys really don't know how great Dak Prescott can be. I and mean, that that's the gut feeling that I've always had. Mike McCarthy coming in there, I feel like that has to help. It can't hurt because Jason Garrett – was in there for how long? And Dak Prescott still survived and thrived with Jason Garrett in there. Mike McCarthy will make Dak Prescott better. Yeah, Paul.
2: But isn't the Cowboys' mistake already done cap-wise or team-wise? They signed uh, Zeke Elliott to a six-year, $60 million deal. He'll be making $17 million a year at age
0: 31 at the running back position. Yeah, but that's the last year. That's getting right there where that's the last year you want him. Yeah. I mean, would I have signed up Zeke for long-term? No. I want you – if I'm taking a running back in the first round, I got you for five years and that's all I want. That's it. Because it's a cheap ride and I don't want to be spending a lot of money on you. And I didn't think Zeke looked great this past year. But with that offensive line, I mean, you're still going to look pretty good. But I think that Dak needs Zeke Elliott. You need the play action there. And as long as you have that offensive line, you know, get a couple of skilled position guys. You know, if Sean Lee could stay healthy – I'm still. I. I don't. I don't. I fell in love with the Cowboys this year. I did. I was smitten with them. You're like a spurned lover, though. Yeah, I do get that way. Yeah. Like I was angry at the Chargers. It took me a little little while to get over that one. I picked you guys. I said you were going to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. How dare you do that? Which team is your Jenny Batsy? The one that oh, got away. Jenny Batchy. No, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, my bad. Too soon for Jenny Batsy. Got away. Sorry. Actually, there's a long list of those that got away, but I think they wanted to get away. Like, it's not like I had a choice here where I could have said, oh, if I'd have just committed, if I'd have just said something nice, if I would have maybe not had so much acne or better haircut. I mean, the jumper was smooth, but you can only seduce somebody in so many ways. Like
2: if they didn't come to the basketball yeah. games, you're done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah, tough. So you
4: didn't throw any of them back in the water. They actually unhooked the line themselves. <laughs> yes, <I did. laughs>
0: We'll take a break. Phone call's coming up, and uh, Troy Palomalo will join us. 18 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show.
4: Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com.
0: Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, tweeting out that Cowboys hope to get a deal done with Dak Prescott before – is that the uh, franchise tag, or they have to designate that March 10th? I think that is, yeah. All right, all right. So it would be great when that's over. And then we turn our attention to, do the Chiefs extend Patrick Mahomes? When do they do that? Yeah, McLovin. Deshaun Watson's in that
3: mix. uh, Getting paid this offseason. Would
0: you pay Dak Prescott more than Deshaun Watson? I don't think so. I would probably pay Deshaun if I had the choice. Do you think Deshaun will end up uh, having a better career than Dak Prescott?
3: Oh, yes, I do. And I think the thing is that the Texans need Deshaun so badly, right? Because they're sort of a one-man gang offensively. Well, two-man with Hopkins. Yeah. But uh, Dak has more pieces around him.
0: Dan Patrick Show brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. The all-new GT four-door coupe because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews this week or any week from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to the Dan Patrick Show app. You can watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, Mercedes-AMG driving performance. Yeah, it's interesting with uh, you know the Cowboys situation with Dak Prescott, what he's going to be paid. At what point do we not mention Kirk D. Cousins' contract? Like, At what point does he play a game where either social media and or the announcers don't mention how much money he makes? Because if you look at what he gets paid – and certainly, you add another year with other contracts where it's Dak, it's going to be Deshaun Watson, then Patrick Mahomes. Kirk Cousins down the list. It was the guaranteed money that I think everybody went, wait, you're guaranteeing $84 million? Yeah, point
2: If he somehow happened to win a Super Bowl, it's over. You could never critique him for what he's paid again. It, Patrick Mahomes, everyone's right now is saying he should be the highest paid athlete in sports. And people,
0: and I, Chiefs fans are like, I got to pay more for my tickets next year. Cool, sign him up. Yeah, I have no problem extending him. I don't know. If, if you're the Chiefs, do you try to get him for five years? Do you get him for six years? And it's going to cost you over $200 million. But, hey, I, I get it. And I'd have no problem. I'd guarantee all that money. I would. I'd guarantee that money for Patrick Mahomes. Now, you might get a little nervous with the, you know, the knee injury that he had this year. And is he going to be running more? But... If I'm going to sign up for somebody long term in this in this sport, Patrick Mahomes seems like that's the right bet. Yeah, McLovin.
3: Can you answer that question you asked us? Dak versus Deshaun? Do you have a
0: preference, or it feels like Deshaun can do more with less? My my big issue with Deshaun Watson is, I, I he has to learn how to protect himself, and and that's hard to do for these players. Uh, you know, when you get out there, I, I don't care how big your ego is. You got to suppress it because those guys will hurt you on the other side. You don't need the extra yard. You don't need any of that stuff. You need to be smart and play 16 regular season games and then get your team to the postseason. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Dak. Dak has a lot more weapons there. Obviously, a great offensive line certainly helps that. How many times you watch a Cowboys game and you'll see the opening for Zeke Elliott and go, oh my God? Like, wait, how many? Like, yeah. At one point, I started to wonder, like, did the Giants have, like, seven guys on the field? Because the holes that the Cowboys line opens up, pretty impressive. Uh, Let me get to Chad in Iowa, and then Pritzie's trying to uh, track down Troy Palamalu. Hey, Chad, what's on your mind this morning?
4: Hi, Dan. Um, I I was a little surprised when you said that college basketball bores you a little bit, but uh, I think I get where you're coming from. Do you – do you think it matters if somebody has a team that they root for? And Because, um, like, NBA regular season doesn't excite me unless it's Golden State four years ago without Kevin Durant. That was, like, the first time it was fun in a long time. But, like, college, the tournament's a blast. We know that. But are you just kind of saying the regular season's just kind of boring because of the one-and-dones, or is, is that kind of where you're coming from?
0: Well, every year we start over in college basketball, though, Chad. And in and, and what other sport does that happen? Like, there's no continuity other than the coaches. And when it comes to filling out your bracket, you fill it out probably based on the coach. And, uh, you know, prior history of in the tournament. But thanks for the phone call. No, I, I just, there's no buzz with college basketball this year. Just isn't. You know, North Carolina-Duke was a wonderful game. North Carolina's not going to the tournament. But... Like, is there a great team? Sometimes, you know, college basketball, and I grew up in the UCLA era where UCLA was the number one team, and everybody wanted a shot at UCLA. And I loved UCLA back then. And I loved, you know, Notre Dame against UCLA, or USC slows the game down against uh, UCLA, and it ends up winning. You know, you had Jabbar there, or Alcindor, and Bill Walton you had Marcus Johnson, like you had some names, but those guys had been around. They played. They stayed. Now there's no continuity, and that doesn't mean there aren't great players or the potential for great players. They're just not around to develop. Yeah, Paul. Do you think college basketball will be a
2: tick better when the one and done is gone and the top-end guys can go right to the pros, and other guys will go one, two, more like two or three years to establish themselves as stars to go high in the draft? have More storylines, maybe not like LeBron James in the league, though.
0: Yeah, I just don't know. You know, are they going to say you can go right out of high school or you have to stay two years? Like, what what is college basketball going to be? That's what I'm curious about, that, you know, if you end up staying, then you have to stay there for uh, at least two years. Troy Palomalu, now a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Look at Troy, joins us now. Troy, congratulations. Uh, The most important question is, how's the hair?
5: Uh, It's getting maybe a little bit more gray, but still – Soft and lump, luscious <laughs> as possible. So, <laughs> okay,
0: how how's your hair going to look on the bust at, at uh, in Canton?
5: I don't know. We're still really working through that right now. The bust really hasn't. Uh, I don't think we've cast anything yet. So, still have a couple more meetings to uh, figure it all out.
0: But would you do hair down? Would Troy Polamalu do a hair bun?
5: <laughs> most definitely hair down okay, I very okay. rarely wore it down uh so game days were pretty much the only days and commercial days as well <laughs> so uh most definitely down
0: when ike taylor called you baby jesus why did he nickname you that
5: <laughs> uh, honestly I I, I I don't really know There's, <laughs> i think a lot of different reasons why but uh um, you know, they just definitely have, we have so much respect for each other as brothers and as teammates, uh, at times I may be served as, uh, you know, some of my brother's conscience at times as well. So, um, I I'm not sure the reason why exactly.
0: Do you feel different as a hall of famer? Uh,
5: no, to be, to be frank, uh, not really. I'm definitely, uh, very grateful and blessed. Um, but to me, it's just really more of a tribute to my teammates. Um, and and obviously the great coach and Coach LeBeau and Coach Tomlin, Coach Coward that I've been a part of. Uh, I've been a part of, a, you know, arguably one of the most dominant defensive runs uh, that the game has seen. So just having those sort of great teammates throughout my whole career, it's, a, it's more or less a tribute to them.
0: Best player you ever played against?
5: Wow. Um, There's so many. What's really funny is that later in my career, as I continue to watch more and more football and, you know, watching uh, great receivers, the T.O.s, the Randy Mosses and whatnot, I actually started to be more impressed with myself because I was amazed that I was able to, you know, share the field with some of these tremendous great athletes. But uh, you know, there's physical specimens um, like Calvin Johnson that that you know arguably could have been the most dominant receiver in the history of this game. Um, you know, there's great running backs, uh, Adrian Peterson. There's great quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, the you know Tom and Peyton, uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I've been very, very blessed and fortunate to to be able to experience the field against them. Do you ever think back on that? Uh, that I, I'm, I'm sorry. I definitely have to add as well that I played against Jerry Rice. I had <laughs> opportunity to play against Marshall Falk. You know, I mean, like so So to be able to almost cross a couple generations is is, uh, is pretty awesome as well.
0: When's the last time you uh, thought back to that draft night when the Steelers traded up, they traded uh, – when they traded the 27th overall pick, a third and a sixth round, the, the Chiefs – you know the Steelers can thank the Chiefs for uh, trading to them because then they took you like 15 or 16 in that draft, didn't
5: they? Yeah, that's right. It, it was. It's actually a pretty funny story. I was. Uh... You know, obviously went to USC hoping to stay in Southern California, and I get this 412 area code, which is not a Southern California <laughs> or California area code. And my heart just dropped. I was like, oh gosh, where in the world am I going to now? <laughs> so I get this call from Coach Cower, which is funny because we've spent some time uh, together over this last few weeks together. And I was just talking, we were just joking about the fact that, you know, culturally, Pittsburgh is very different from Southern California. Uh, and of course, the weather is as well. But what you know, what became a fear of mine truly became a home to me. I had lived in Pittsburgh longer than I would lived anywhere in my life. Uh, my children are born there, so I I, I love that city and it's dear in my heart.
0: If you were playing now in your prime, what would you do against Patrick Mahomes?
5: Man, you know, it's, there's so many there, these younger quarterbacks that are coming out are are, are so athletic so dynamic and you know the way they're able to throw and spin the ball the way that they're able to be multi you know have these multi-threats as well as the way the game has uh, evolved and you know spreading out and and all of these different play and misdirections uh it's you know when you defend somebody like patrick or or either quarterback um, in baltimore lamar jackson yeah lamar jackson it's such a it's such a team defense, and that's kind of why I go back to the way that we play defense uh, in Pittsburgh is, man, it, it really, I was just one of 11 roles within our defense, and it really took a collective effort to, to you know, for us to be really successful. So when you talk about these younger talents that are that, you know, that awesome, that it, it really would just take a, a true team defense and, and a genius like Coach LeBeau to guide us.
0: How would you have to change with today's hitting in the NFL?
5: Um, I man, sometimes you just have the style of play that's within you, and you know you just kind of have to roll with some of the punches that could you change? You know, whenever you'd be across the line. No, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, as professional athletes, you have to change. Uh, It's really tough, but you know, sometimes when. When you're forced to make conscious decisions, when many things out there are very instinctual, you know it would it you know there's definitely a learning process there.
0: Uh, it was back in July of 2012 you joined us, and I asked you how many concussions you had, had, and you made some headlines. Uh, this is a portion of that <laughs> response that you gave me back then. Um, I've
5: had, well. I've had, I believe, eight or nine recorded concussions. Um, we'll have another conversation after I'm done playing football.
0: Well, here we are, Troy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was so memorable, I totally forgot the number and the conversation. I'm joking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How many concussions um, do you think you had?
5: Yeah, I, the same number, okay. uh, to be honest. I didn't have any more after that that I re- can recall of. But I I will definitely say that it, it, you know, the lifestyle that you live while playing football is definitely devoted to health and wellness and doing everything possible to keep not only your body, your joints and all that healthy, but your brain healthy, your cognitive functions healthy. so my lifestyle hasn't changed since I was done playing. You know, I've very been proactive in, in, in health and wellness, eating correctly, hydrating, uh, doing cognitive brain games and these sort of things. Um, so I thank God haven't had any sort of issues um, up to this point. But I, I definitely attribute that, of course, to blessings. But the fact that I've been very aggressive uh, towards, you know, maintaining a health and wellness program. Uh, since my playing days what would
0: you tell a 21 22 year old Troy Polamalu
5: oh man honestly nothing i'm 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 so grateful for 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 everything that i've you know experienced in my life um, my children my wife uh, i truly am really grateful and and at times i feel like maybe i don't live my life <laughs> to a degree, a degree of gratitude that that I've been fortunate enough to have, but um, I, I, you know, I, I honestly would maybe just say take it all in, appreciate more of the process. Uh, you know, throughout the whole grind for me, you know, I, I didn't take any vacations till I retired. Uh-huh. For example, you know, and and now you know we we have these sort of opportunities with my wife and my children, but I probably would have taken maybe a, a vacation here or there. Um, you know, throughout throughout my career, to to provide a little bit more balance. Um, but to this day, I, I'm truly grateful for all the experience that that, that I've had.
0: What's the last time you wanted to hit somebody, tackle somebody?
5: Oh man, that last game. I, I I really don't miss miss the game or being on the field at all. I was fortunate fortunate enough to watch the Super Bowl as well, which was the first live football game that I'd experienced that I didn't play in. So I I didn't really miss that at all. The things that I do miss um, were were like the, of course, the locker room banter, just being around the guys. But from a personal note, it was just training. I really, really enjoyed, you know, the voting, you know, as a job for myself to to just work on myself, to being a better football player, to getting healthy, to to you know, being mentally and emotionally balanced. And, and really being paid for that, you know, now, now now I have to kind of squeeze in my workouts, you know, like between like, you know, dropping off my kids in school and, and doing whatever errands I need to do for my wife and for the, you know, for the house we live in. So it, it's not so much of a priority, but it's definitely something that I do every day.
0: Every time I talk to you, I say the same thing or when people hear you on the show, they say the same thing. If I didn't know what you did for a living, I certainly couldn't tell by your voice.
5: <laughs> yeah I don't know. I, I can't sing at all. It's the soft voice it <laughs> least to any but if you didn't play football, functions. what would
0: you be what would you have done
5: um i I don't know i I think the beautiful thing about football is that the skill set that requires you to be a good football player could really transfer to anything. you know and that's what I'm starting to figure out now is that you know this sort of dedication to hard work you know, these sacrifices, these sort of commitment, um, you know, using these qualities of of teammates and leveraging each other to to attain a certain goal, these sort of, you know, these sort of qualities really can transfer to anything. So I, I, you know, maybe could say that I, I, you know, didn't matter if I wanted to be a doctor or to be a lawyer or to be, you know, a, a baseball player, I felt like, you know, the attributes that that help you to be a a good football player transfer.
0: I just feel like I'd walk into a surf shop or a skateboard shop and you'd be there behind the counter.
5: Oh yeah, I that that could be me. Anything from, from well, I, I definitely enjoy the wave surfing. Currently live in San Diego. Um, love snowboarding. Definitely like being part of the outdoors <laughs> and and uh, pretty much doing anything that's outdoorsy, anything that requires some sort of challenge, um, and anything my kids enjoy as well.
0: Troy, congratulations. We appreciate the relationship over the years, uh, making yourself available to come on the program, and uh, we always learn something when you come on. So uh, thank you very much, and uh, uh, happy birthday coming up, I believe, in April.
5: Oh, thank you. Look forward to our, our following conversation to the trilogy here.
0: All right, Thank you, Troy. That's uh, Troy Palomalo going into the Hall of Fame, turns 39 in April. You, you hear that voice, and you just, there's no way he's going to hurt me on the football field. But then you see him play, and you see that hair flying all over the place, and you go, yep, he's going to hurt me on the football field. He, he strikes me as he could be an X-game act, athlete, you know, be like just the tone in his voice, and let's bring in Troy from San Diego. Hey, man, how are you? <laughs> If they do point break again, he could have a cameo in that as well. Take a break here. We'll come back after this. Uh, Bob Costas in the final hour on baseball's proposed new changes. Have that for you coming up.
1: Calling all bleak. I'm Kevin McHale. And I'm Jenna Ashkowitz.
0: We became best friends on the set of Glee.
1: And now we're doing the Glee recap podcast you have been waiting for. How romantic. Each week we'll take you behind the scenes. fill all
5: the Glee tea.
1: And break down episodes from season one with former cast, crew, producers, and writers that brought the show to life. I think everyone needs a little more tardy in their lives. Get new
2: episodes of Showman's every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podcast PodcastOne.com.
0: McLovin made headlines last night. He was watching the Duke Florida State game, and McLovin tweeted out that he uh, didn't like a call that went against Florida State. And I believe in the uh, Tallahassee newspaper, they uh, do you have the headline there, McLovin, <laughs> of you being quoted in the uh, with your tweet last night?
3: It said Dan Patrick McLovin unhappy with call.
0: <laughs> That's an actual article in the. Uh, Tallahassee, whatever it is, newspaper? Yeah, Paul.
2: Dan, uh, Tallahassee Democrat, <laughs> the second most popular story in their newspaper is McLovin irritated by foul call on FSU's Forest versus Duke. And, I, of course, I thought I was being punked when it was sent to me.
0: Yeah, we just showed it on the, uh, recently in the live look-in where McLovin's making headlines. And I looked at it, and I thought, okay, did somebody, like, hack your account and put that up there? Dan Patrick's McLovin. Like, imagine if you're reading it and you have no idea what this show is all about. Dan Patrick has a McLovin. What does that mean? Yeah, Paul. That's just good journalism, Dan, by (laughs) Eric Hall of the Democrat, because it could be uh, Superbad's McLovin or Dan Patrick's McLovin. That's good clarification. Yeah. Well, congratulations there, McLovin, for making some uh, headlines. This This
3: happens three times a month, by the way, to all of us. (laughs) I mean, For the the Win will embed all of us, because
0: they're just looking for... Opinion. Well, that's different. This is a local newspaper in Tallahassee oh, yeah. covering the game. This isn't a website. For the Win is a website there.
3: That, well, no, this is a, I think this is a paper's website. This is what journalism is these days. It's retweeting. That's, like, that's your <laughs> average story on most papers these
0: days. That was a foul on Florida State, question mark? By the way. It seems like two fouls on Duke. It McMuffin? was
3: terrible call.
0: It was. You're I mean, right.
3: And uh, you know yeah. what I noticed? Twitter has uh, fascinating views on Duke, Dan. Yes,
0: that's why they're... They, you had a lot of friends last night.
3: I was very popular. I was like, "Wow, why are people liking this so much?" <laughs> <laughs> you might have said about any other team, nobody would have cared.
0: If it would have been the other way, and you would have said, "Hey, great call, no call against Duke," it would have been silence. Nobody wants. Well, to no, they, Duke. they would have been angry at you. Oh, right, they would have killed. Me. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, 877 dp Show. Email address DP at DanPatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP Show. Uh, Chargers officially move on from Philip Rivers, which is no surprise to anybody. As I said, Philip Rivers literally moved on from the Chargers when he moved to Florida. The Chargers. Now, what do you do? Here's something. Uh, a source said this to me uh, Hey, if you're the Chargers, you could still go get Tom Brady and you could still draft a quarterback with that sixth overall pick. You get Brady for one year, maybe two years, and if you bring in Justin Herbert, who may not be ready to to play in the NFL. Uh, you know, also, we got encouraging news about Tua Tonga-Bailoa with his uh, CAT scan, that uh, they were really uh, impressed uh, that the, uh, the process, the recovery that he's making with that hip injury. And there's still people that... that think that Tua is the best quarterback in this draft. As great as Joe Burrow was, there are still scouts, analysts who think that Tua is still the best quarterback in this draft. If he's completely healthy, and we brought this up before with some of the draft analysts, and you'll get you'll get it split. You know, Tua, there's, there's some people that think Tua is a better pro prospect, if both healthy, than Joe Burrow. That's a big if, though, because Tua has been banged up. Is he going to be susceptible to that, the way he plays? Uh, are those injuries that could be reoccurring throughout his career, nagging injuries? Joe Burrow, you know, the way he plays, although he does run, he's athletic, uh, you know, is, is he going to be susceptible as well with his style? But Tua has not been able to get away. He's had, what, a couple ankle surgeries and then the hip uh, surgery as well. Yeah, McClellan.
3: He was also—he was pretty small when he came
0: in Super Bowl. Right, he's definitely not a big guy. Now they said he's six-two. What? I don't think there's any chance he's 6 because I'm—I'm taller than him. Uh, I'm gonna guess he's six-one. Felt like that. Did you guys get that sense?
2: Yeah, Paul. I always judge him against other quarterbacks. He was taller than Russell Wilson. He was taller than Drew Brees. Not by a bunch than Drew Brees. Drew Brees is six feet tall. Yeah, so if he's six one, yeah,
0: it makes sense. Yeah, and and maybe I and maybe he's listed at six one. Usually they're going to list you at six two. Joe Burrow was taller than I thought. I thought that he looked like he was legit six five, but it might have been the hair that had some pomade or some moose in there, something like that. Bob Costas, what does he think of the proposed changes for the playoff format of Major League Baseball? Find out coming up. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available
2: on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcasts. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for
4: our shows to start listening.